The stories we tell communicate who we are and what we value. Each episode, we consider a different story from our perspective as women. From murder ballads to fairy tales, we discuss the power these stories have over us all. This is our history, both real and imagined, told through the eyes of today. This is Femlore. Hey, Rach. Um, am I in the right spot? I think I'm supposed to be at Feminist Folklore. Actually, just kidding. This is... Femlore. What? I guess I'm in the right room. I mean, that's why it's so pretty in here and incredible and also strong. It's very confusing, but amazing. Love it. So yeah, you're in the right place. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Hey, I didn't write a story today, so I'm hoping you can tell me a story because otherwise this is going to be very embarrassing. I've got a good one. So I know... You and Carly told the story of the poem, the original poem before, but we are revisiting this really powerful story because there's a new live action film of Mulan and we wanted to revisit this story. So um, to do that, we are bringing my friend Gio, a transgender vet, um, here on the podcast to share his experience in the military, being transgender and just get ready for a great discussion because um, I'm, I'm so excited about this one. It means a lot to me. So we are sharing the story of Mulan today that comes from the original poem called The Ballad of Mulan from the 6th century. So we will include a link to the original poem in our show notes and yeah, look it up if you would like to. Woo, Mulan! Here we go. The emperor's army rode on horseback through the streets looking for men to defeat the Huns. Mulan's brother Chen was far too young, so her father would have to go. Her father was a proud man, strong and tall, despite his old age. From a young age, he taught his daughter Mulan to fight since they lived on the edge of the empire and the Huns could attack at any time. Even though he did not think her the same value as a man, he wanted to give her the tools to defend herself. Because of this, she was a very skilled fighter and brave enough to defend herself and her family. She woke early the next day, took her father's armor, and claimed his place in the emperor's army. As she marched with all the men from the village, she could see her father stood with the rest of the town to bid the men farewell. He was shaking his head as he had been told that he was not needed and he could not figure out why. He hadn't yet been home to see that Mulan was gone, and had taken his place. For 12 years, she battled undetected, fighting against the Huns. She quickly gained a reputation for her fierceness in battle. At the end of her service, the emperor honored her with a bag of gold and a horse to return home. As she galloped away, she passed her two closest friends and invited them to visit her anytime. When she arrived home, she was greeted by her brother Chen, now 14 years old, Are you happy to see me, little brother, she said. She gave him her uniform, which now fit him well. Her father wrapped his daughter in a hug, and she held him tight. They stood like that for a long while, trying to make up for years apart with their embrace. She had seen many battles, but had never learned how to dress like a proper lady. She followed her mother's instructions with the care and precision she had once followed orders. Many months passed when one day, while she was walking in the garden, she saw her two friends from the army. They met her father at the entrance and were confused. 
This was not the man that they served with. Mulan swayed slowly behind them, and when they turned, they both squinted to look at her. You are the one who served with us, one of the men said. Great story. It gives us a lot to celebrate. Um, before we get into our wonderful conversation with Gio, I wanted to just share um, his incredible bio. I feel like it doesn't even come close to summing up all the amazing stuff that he does, but we'll give it a whirl. Giovanni Santiago is a Northeast Ohio-based transgender activist. As the founder of Meta Center Inc., a nonprofit for transgender and gender nonconforming youth, he focuses on providing them with a safe space, resources, and an education on self-advocacy. As the Northeast Ohio region organizer for Equality Ohio, Giovanni works tirelessly for businesses, lawmakers, and citizens for the legal rights of LBGTQ plus Ohioans. Giovanni is a disabled veteran of the U.S. Air Force and is responsible for assisting the Wade Park VA Hospital in Cleveland, Ohio, in opening the first transgender-specific clinic in the country. Damn, that's incredible. Wow. Cleveland Magazine named Giovanni one of their most interesting people of 2018, and he was one of 30 to make NBC's Outs Pride 30 list the same year. He also has a deep love for sneakers, which led him to working with Nike. His collection currently has over 700 sneakers in total. Damn. You know, this makes me very embarrassed because I wear the same in adidas i hope i don't get judged oh, don't let geo see that i know geo i'm so sorry <laughs> this she, is where he finds out like never mind she she means um the same nikes <laughs> right the same nikes not adidas <laughs> of course not those are for not me um giovanni also walked the runway during new york fashion week for daper q showcasing that there's no limit to his ability and to make an impact just by being his authentic self now i have to say um we will include geo's um bio and handle in our show notes as well you have to check out his instagram um he's just an advocate through and through really does so much to empower, educate, and inspire others. So we're so thrilled that he's here with us today. Before we get into our discussion, we would like to um, have Gio share a little bit about his nonprofit. So um, Meta Center Inc. will include their link in our show notes. And we're telling you about it because it actually pairs very well with this episode and story of Mulan. So we are going to make a donation and we will ask and invite, I should say, we will invite our listeners to do the same, to make a donation and support this amazing cause. So, Hello. Gio, hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, can you hear me okay? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, and oh my gosh, this is like, I am not that good with technology, so I was a little nervous, but you are coming in loud and clear. This is so exciting, and I have my co-host, Rachel, here with me. Hi, Gio, thanks for joining. We're so excited to have you, and you are being recorded, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, um, nice to meet you, and I mean, no pressure at all, right? No, good. Nope. Be nope. perfect. <laughs> I just said uh, whenever I whenever I see the record button I'm like oh no <laughs> so um, it's really good to meet you thank you so much for joining we're so excited to have you on this episode I can't even talk about it I was um, like I don't want to say yelling but I was like Mindy oh my gosh we have a guest and we're so excited 
podcast. So I'm glad to be on. And Gio, I have to say, what's also pretty exciting is you are the first man to be on Feminist Folklore. Yes! <laughs> this is true. I guess Aaron sometimes comes on. But oh, well, but as like not a, as guest, a guest, not no, like no, a, no. a part I just don't want to lie to Gio. Okay. Yeah. We, we made this. <laughs> Are you calling me a liar? <laughs> I guess I am. <laughs> this is where we're at. Hey, you had my hopes up. Then, you, know, like, you, you are the first male guest. That is male true. Guest. That is absolutely okay. true. Can, yes. Mm-hmm, that's, yeah. That we're we're giving okay. you that title and pride. <laughs> So, Gio, do you want to start off by telling us about um, how you started your nonprofit and kind of what your mission is? So, I started Meta actually almost four years ago. Uh, It basically came out of the fact of me always assisting youth in the area. And at that time, I was teaching preschool, and I was having a hard time with watching the news and seeing a lot of um, transgender and just LGBTQ youth in general be bullied or attempt suicide or complete suicide and just wanted to know how to do more. Um, I volunteered at a lot of different organizations, but I'm the type of person that if I feel like you're not adequately doing what needs to be done, I'd rather just do it myself. And not to say that I didn't feel like the organizations were doing well or serving justice, but I just felt like something was still lacking. And so I just decided to start META, and it stands for Motivate, Educate, Transform, and Advocate. And it just kind of became a thing. And now I service youth um, primarily in Northeast Ohio, um, but all across the country. Um, I send out boxes um, after young trans men have what we call a top surgery um, for recovery. So snacks and um, bandages or whatever tips and tricks I think that they might need. Um, and I also add a handwritten personal letter in it just because I feel like it helps bring things home for them. Um, if you kind of stamp something together all the time and it's, you know, uniform, that doesn't really bring in the passion or the love that you have. And I want everyone that I assist, um, because I don't like to use the word help, because I feel like help has a negative connotation. So people don't always need help. Sometimes they just need the resources and they need to be assisted. So um, everyone that I assist, I want them to know um, how much I care about them and the value that they hold. So that's kind of how Meta started. And I do a lot of public speaking. I speak a lot at high schools. I speak a lot at um, universities, hospitals, and businesses just to kind of get the understanding and the education out there about um, transgender individuals, but the importance of protecting transgender youth. Um, Because there are a lot of states, um, Ohio is one of the main ones, that do not have any statewide protections for LGBTQ people. So I'll say that again. Ohio does not have statewide protections for LGBTQ people, and it is baffling. And um, LGBTQ youth, even more so, are targeted. So that is why I felt like Meta was important to have, and that is why I feel like I'm extremely successful with the work that I do, because I understand the importance of it, I know the passion that I put into it, and I know the value that the youth um, have in this world. And Mm -hmm. so... That That's, is where Meta is, and yeah. yeah. 
Great. Thanks so much, um, Gio, for that amazing information and for all that you do with Meta. Um, we're, we're so proud of your nonprofit and really happy to support it. Um, today, we are also here to talk about Mulan. And um, we are just so glad, Gio, that you wanted to share kind of your connection to this story, um, your your thoughts and your feedback. So uh, if, if you don't mind, without further ado, will you kick us off and just kind of share... Um, what this story means to you, and we'll go from there. Okay. Well, you know, I've always been a fan of Disney. I don't know what it is. You know, just everyone loves the movies. But I will say that Mulan never resonated with me until I got a little bit older and I watched it again. And I understood more of the connection that I had. And just watching it and and kind of, Seeing my life play out, it made a little bit more sense. And I will have to say I was all the way in my 20s when that clicked for me. Um, But as someone who was prior military and as someone who is um, transgender and knowing the battles of not really understanding who you could be or who you should be, um, it just, it was so profound to me. And I will have to say that uh, Reflections, is like my life um, theme song. And I didn't think about it, honestly, until one day I was driving in the car and I was listening to um, my Pandora, which I was listening to Disney Pandora. Do not judge me. Um, I was a preschool teacher. This is a safe Disney space. Pandora Listen, we don't judge because yeah. uh, I also have sa- <laughs> the same Pandora, Gio. I will just tell you. <laughs> I'm here with you. <laughs> You know, it kept me popular with the kids. Um, But yeah, so I was listening to it. And um, as the song was about to start, my middle sister called me. And I paused it and I answered the phone. And she apparently had also been listening to Pandora Disney because she had just listened to the song. And she was like, I just have to tell you, this song makes me think of you so much you need to like really listen to it and I honestly had not really listened to it and I was like oh my goodness I can't believe you said that it literally was about to play and she's like okay get off the phone listen to the song and I hung up and I played the song and I listened to it and I was in my car crying listening to this song right before I was about to walk into work and that was the moment that I knew that I was like oh my goodness I am Mulan you know and it was almost like um, a weight had been lifted off of me because I felt very validated for some reason, even though I had already been into my transition a little bit at that point. But it just validated so many of the things that I thought about my experiences growing up, um, my experience in the military, and um, how I felt like my life was going to be going forward, even with my family. And, And yeah, so that song is like my life theme song and I still listen to it and I still sometimes like feel the emotions and I'm not a crier but I feel it whenever I listen to that song and yeah so Mulan was brave Mulan was amazing um Mulan was a trendsetter and that is what I think when I think of Mulan that's amazing I love how you said and I thought oh my gosh I am Mulan that was just, you know, that's great. And I think, um, since we are not a, um, 
podcast with a ton of money, we don't have the rights to play and share that song. But, but there could... is a Pandora station. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so maybe, right. for you. So maybe consider. <laughs> I just was going to say, Gio, for the um, the listeners like me who haven't recently listened to the song, could you tell us any more? Like, what what does the song talk about more specifically? I mean, you know, I, I think that we all understand the story and we can see how there would be connections. But could you tell us a little more about like what really spoke to you in the song? So, you know, it's it's so hard because it's like the entire song is just nuts. Um, just the first two lines are saying like, look at me. And that right there is, is enough. Um, and then it's like how they'll never pass to the perfect bride or the perfect daughter. And already I was like, that is my whole life. You know, and knowing that I was never going to be that person for my parents um, was a little bit upsetting, even though I'm totally happy with the person I am and totally secure in that. Um, for a second, you know, in my transition, it made me feel like I was I was taking something away from them. But then I thought to myself, I got sisters. They'll be OK. You know, and so um, I had to kind of like get back to who I was, but just, you know, that and then, you know, asking, um, you know, like if that's the girl, you know, like looking back and just like, will the reflection be like who they are inside? And that right there was like enough for me to be like, every day when I look in the mirror, it's like, am I seeing the person that I like truly am? And those are like just some of the, you know, like the main lyrics and it, you know, it goes on um, for other verses, but like the hook of it is just, you know, like about the reflection and not being able to like truly be their self and, you know, like upsetting the family. And that is something that resonated with me so much because I transitioned later in life. I didn't start my uh, medical transition until I was 27. And I waited so long because of my family. And that is something that, I think about, and I think about it like when I listen to this song, like, was I going to break my family's heart? Was I going to upset them when I wanted to like be my true self? And at some point you just have to like literally just be your true self. That is so powerful. And we really appreciate you sharing that story. I think as you were saying that I, more of that song was coming back to me and just that really, um, intense meaning. And, you know, I think oftentimes, um, there's a lot of problems in fairy tale and folklore. I mean, there's definitely some <laughs> in Mulan. No, I don't know but... what you're talking about. I think, you know, folklore <laughs> is always so great when it comes to gender in society. I don't understand, right? right. Sleeping on a pee should make you like super, your back hurt for for years, right? right. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. I get it. Um, but I think in this story too, you know, yeah, when she comes back and is told that she needs to be a proper woman. And I think, you know, just so much of the story of gender in this, we would love to kind of get your perspective um, on, and I don't know, I guess a little hesitant in asking this, but something Rachel and I were talking about. Yes. And you can, you can just say, no, that's just a weird question. But our question was, um, do you see like Mulan as somebody that you like that may be transgender do you just see her as somebody that is um that is you know i just want to know your thoughts and of course if that's a question that you're like okay everybody settled like that's stupid but our thought was like how do you see mulan you know is it i know that she resonates with you but she does go back and i 
honestly, I have a problem with that. That makes me very sad for her because she's done all these incredible things. She's fought all these wars. She's gone out. She's not constrained by society to walk behind men, you know, and her father. And here she is, you know, having fought all these battles and now she's back, you know, and I, I just wonder what your thoughts are and and what you feel like, you know, do you think that she um, just took an opportunity or do you see her as something else? I don't know. I was just trying to figure out what you, what you thought. So as a kid, I think um, we all thought Mulan was just like a tomboy and you're like, She's a tomboy. She can fight. But I 100% feel like um, Mulan is trans. Um, and there, I know personally a lot of people who are trans who just do not have the capability to be out and to be themselves. And so sometimes you do have to um, go back and live a life that you don't feel like is truly for yourself. Um, something that makes me think of that is um, when I first was thinking about transitioning and I would talk to my Mima about it. Um, and my Mima is my great grandmother. Um, she would always tell me, sometimes you just have to conform. And it baffled me, like, why? Like, why should you have to conform? Why would you do that? And she would always say, sometimes you have to conform until you can live stably on your own and not worry about it. So, you know, it, sometimes it's because of money. Sometimes it's become, because of safety. But I think that that was what Mulan had to do. They had to conform because even though they had done all of these successful things, um, they were doing these successful things not necessarily independently um, because they joined the military and that's still a unit. So that is a lot easier to kind of blend um, and conform in that way. But if Milan was like an independent person, it might have been harder to be that person, if you understand what I'm saying. I do completely. That makes sense. Yeah. For Mulan to be a part of this movement together, they were able to use the strength of being around a lot of other warriors. But then when they had to go back and conform to that quote unquote, I think it literally said in the story something about like learning how to be the, a proper lady, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, but and mm-hmm. what does that mean? And so by being a quote unquote proper lady, they were put back into restrictive clothing. They were put behind other people, you know, that power was then taken back away. So I think, you know, it is really interesting to hear that that was kind of your Mima's perspective. And I often think, you know, I, I'm happy that there's still so much that needs to be done for inclusion and equity and equality, but I'm really happy that we live in a day and age where we have people like you, Gio, who are sharing their story and helping to make it easier for others because your Mima clearly didn't see those other examples. She didn't know those brave souls, people who you know, were really able to do all of this amazing work and and be who they want to be. So, you know, sometimes when I hear advice like that, it makes me a little sad because, you know, you're asking someone to keep themselves hidden, to keep their happiness away. It's a hard life, you know, it's, it's a very, very hard life to have to live for a multitude of reasons. And yeah, it is very disheartening. And it makes me sad because I, like I said, I know people still who, have to go through those things or um, I've known people who have been like successful 
and out and then maybe they lost their job and then that changed their situation even within their transition and then they had to go back to conforming a little bit on some things. So it is, it's it's very um, sad and disheartening. And, you know, my Nima is now 91. I um, mean, she is like my biggest supporter and my biggest advocate. I actually just talked to her right before I got on this call and I was like telling her about it. She's like, oh my goodness, I'm so happy. Like, you know, and so... I think that Hi, Mima. I have a like, Mima too, just so you know. She always listen. says Goosey Gander, just so you know. Oh my my Mima is always like, hey, take a Goosey Gander. So I, I understand. So cute. Yeah. I mean, she's literally my best friend. We talk every single day. Like, and if I don't like, if I don't call her, it's a situation. But um, it is, it's interesting to even see like how her perspective of conformity has changed. Um, and I think that you know, in just from conversations with her, her aspect of conformity for someone like myself who was trans is about safety, you know, and, you know, and are you going to be able to be successful as yourself? And I think that is a part of the complexity of it. And that is even part of the complexity of Mulan. Like, are you going to be successful as this person that you want to be? And, you know, maybe that was some fear of Mulan and maybe some fear of the family, but that it's a real thing. As a trans person, it's a literal thing. Yeah, and I think there's something, okay, so I'm just thinking about her kind of like, this this like, um, it's like a graph. I don't know, I see math, I hate math, but I see math, where she like <laughs> peaks and then she has to go back. But also, I, I just want to say there's something brave in her being like, like doing that, right? Doing that work, um, in my mind, it also feels brave in a way because she can't, she doesn't have the space or the society or the help or anybody is helping her, you know, and she goes back to this very constrictive life. Um, and I, you know, I just see her as a hero the whole way through. It doesn't matter who she is. It's just this idea that she, you know, and I think in the story, we're supposed to feel a certain way, right? Like we're supposed to feel that, well, she went back to do her duty, um, and I don't necessarily agree with that. Just my personal modern sensibilities. I'm like, well, screw that. Like, <laughs> she should just do what she wants. But there is some sort of bravery that she does have in that. And, you know, the whole time through that graph that I'm drawing my brain for some reason, you know, it she is able to be somebody that we can look up to, right? Somebody that we can mm -hmm. respect and love. And I think that, um, you know, Gio, if you listen to our back episodes, let me tell you, we don't get this very often. So we, <laughs> we really need to like love this story because there's so much good about it that like, I don't feel horrible after I leave today from Mindy's. Right? <laughs> like I, I feel like I can, I can go on. It's okay. Everything's fine. There's some stories that like make you feel a certain way. And yeah, this doesn't end the way that I would like, right? Like, honestly, I wish she just, or I wish Mulan just stayed, right? I wish she just kept doing right. what she was doing. Um, but you know what? She didn't. And, but there's still some strength in that. Like she is strong the whole time and I am here for it. I love it. Mulan 2020, right? Right. God, yes. she's incredible. <laughs> Tune in next week for Mulan Part 2 with Rachel, Mendy, and special guest Gio. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode, but you can always find us on Instagram at Femlore Podcast or visit us online at femlore.com. 
We love what we do, but we can't do it without you. Your listens, shares, and reviews keep us going, so please tell your friends about us. Femlore is produced by Mindy Scott, Rachel Marr, Aaron Crossland, and Lauren Crossland Marr. Audio engineering and music by Aaron Crossland. Research and coordination by Lauren Crossland Marr. And as always, canine support provided by Andy and Cody. Ow!